leader will now share for 20 to 25 minutes describing what it was like, what happened and what it is like now. And our leader is Susan. Hi everyone, my name is Susan, I'm a compulsive overeater and I am here from Los Angeles and I didn't expect to see anybody on the lines that I know, but there are. Um, and maybe I've seen some of you at other meetings, I'm not quite sure. Um, thank you for inviting me to come up and speak. Um, we call these 100 pounder meetings, you call it a century meeting. Um, to qualify, my top weight was 250 pounds, size 26 dress. And I abstained, obtained, and have been maintaining a 100 pound plus weight loss now for over 20 years. And that is the direct result of working these steps as outlined in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous because I'm um, left to my own devices. I gained and lost 100 pounds literally every few months. Um, I'm a champion dieter, but I can't stay stopped. And the reason I couldn't stay stopped was I didn't have a spiritual awakening and so I continued to live in the malady I never worked on the causes and conditions I dieted very well with a beginning middle and an end but it tells me in the big book that in order to stay stopped I have to experience an entire psychic change and today I've spiritually awakened enough to have neutrality around the food and have developed a relationship with the God of my understanding that stops me from eating the way Bill drank. And that's how I ate. If you've read the big book and you've read the story of Bill Wilson, that's how I ate. It was nonstop, it was sneaky, there was lies, there was no grace, there was no humility, there was just shame around it. Um, so I always was pudgier. When I look back, I certainly wasn't fat, but I wasn't the girl, as I always say, who had a freeway running through her legs. My legs always touched. When I went to ballet class, that's what mine looked like. Um, and I remember sneaking food at four years old and lying about it. And I don't know why I lied, but I just knew it was something I probably shouldn't have done. So that began the journey. Um, my mum was my diet partner. She went from anorexia to obesity and she died morbidly obese. Um, and it became that if I just ate certain things in a day, there would always be a treat and a prize. So that's how I treated myself my whole life. So every time I went down, it, you know, there was something that I did that cost a lot of money and within you know a week or so those clothes didn't fit the guy wasn't there the holiday was over there was always something and I just couldn't stay stopped um, for me my abstinence is what sobriety is to the alcoholic so it's very black and white and my food plan has evolved over the years the two are very very separate so my sobriety with food is clean if any of you are cross addicted and do go to other programs if you have a sip you aren't sober anymore. And so for me, those two, the chemicals that get into my body and have me chasing that effect and that frothy emotional appeal and setting me up for that biological craving, for me, they are white flour and sugar. Doesn't mean they are for you, they are for me. Once I start them, I cannot stop. And I have this obsession of the mind that once I've taken that bite, it would just off, you know, whatever direction it is, it's people, places and things. Um, it says on you know page 24 of the big book that we are without defense against that first drink and the thoughts come hours before the bite does you know as it talks about suddenly I found myself sitting at the bar 
when I would go back there or when suddenly my clothes wouldn't fit from Friday to the following Friday, I was always baffled and horrified of how can I be here again one more time? What is wrong with me? I ask myself that constantly. And yet all of the commercial diets, they work. But not if you're a food addict that I am. Then they, they just don't work because I need something more to keep me grounded. It tells me that no human power could relieve me. But when I come to meetings, I come here to identify with all of you. I'm sure when I hear you all share afterwards, there'll be things you'll say that I can identify with. And if you are new, welcome. Even if you don't have 100 pounds to lose, that's okay. If you're bulimic, if you're anorexic, I searched high and low for the cure. I may not have been to all the places that you went, but I know for me, I always came back here and I resisted and resisted and did not want to be here. Um, I came to my first meeting in, it was either the end of 82 when I moved here in 1983. I knew nothing about 12-step programs. I was horrified that it was based around Alcoholics Anonymous. I just was very righteous and judgmental. And again, I had no information. So a lot of that was false evidence appearing real, you know? So I came in and out of the rooms from, we'll just call it 1982 until 1999. So I had a lot of suffering and a lot of pain and a lot of eating to do before I could fully concede to my innermost self that I am an alcoholic with food. And it tells, Five, me, it tells me in the big book that those old ideas have to be smashed. It doesn't just say tuck them away because it also tells me I can't have any lurking notions. And I always had a lurking notion that somehow, someday, I will be able to eat like those normal skinny girls I used to see on all those shows in the 80s and 90s. Today, people are looking on social media to find them. Um, but, you know, there were there wasn't, I have naturally curly hair. My hair couldn't be big enough. The shoulder pads weren't big enough. Nothing fixed me. Nothing fixed me. So I came in and out of the rooms for a long time. I would sit in the back. I would fold my arms. It was just very pissy pants about having to come. Nobody made me come. Came with my own self-will. And I had to reach that bottom beneath the bottom that I knew. First time I had to get a seatbelt extender on an airplane, that wasn't enough. My thighs had rubbed together and bled every summer that I lived here. It wasn't enough. I have amnesia, you know, every Sunday night I went to bed desperate. Only on a Sunday, no other day, I went to bed desperate. And by the time I would get out of bed on a Monday morning, like, okay, I can do this. And all of a sudden I stepped foot out of my bed and I've already forgotten it already wasn't that bad today will be the day and it never ever was and it talks about how it gets worse and never better and it wasn't just that my weight would go up and up and up it was up here that was just so loud and so unmanageable and the more unmanageable that came the more everybody annoyed me I've always had good jobs I got dressed I did my hair my makeup it wasn't any of that I could do all of those things I just couldn't stay stopped once I started. So in 1999, after a trip home with my family, um, I was done. And I can't really tell you why. I clearly had some kind of spiritual awakening, which if you read Appendix 2, that basically tells me that I have to change. I have to have this emotional rearrangement to start to look at those causes and conditions. It wasn't about the food was about other things which you know uncover discover discard in these rooms so I finally got a sponsor 
and she took me through the big book. She was at the time, you know, she'd been a hundred pounder. For me at the time, I believed that that was very important. Um, you know, I wanted somebody to identify with more than anything. I wanted proof that it worked, that she'd had a weight off for longer than the five minutes that I could keep mine off. And at the time she'd had hers off for 15 years. So I thought that was pretty good advertisement. So I worked with her. Um, I got my weight off. She told me she was very specific about how she sponsored, what you ate, and it was fine. I was actually done, and it didn't matter, and I wanted definitely to please her. Um, then after three years, I switched to a lady that, who I worked with for 10 years, who I will say is one of the first ladies in OA, and she took me through the big book much deeper, much deeper, line by line, page by page, you know, really seeing things about myself, like understanding the word sought through prayer meditation, you will be restored to sanity. Your life is unmanageable. That was one of the things I really disliked, those two parts of step one. Okay, I can admit I'm powerless over food, but don't you see my life? How is that unmanageable? And from the outside, even though I weighed 250 pounds, it, it looked that way. And if only Susan would just stop eating, her life would be so great. Um, so I, I felt relief, I would say, within the first 72 hours. As soon as I put that food down and I made that decision and I actually didn't lie about my food, there was something that started to happen. There was a transformation. I was starting to rely on a power that I didn't know about. And if you look through the book, power can have a lowercase p and then when they really start you know when bill starts turning it over and realizing you know all those ominous warnings that all those revolutionary and drastic proposals that they talk about this is just the way i choose to live my life today i've got the tools which are the handrails while i'm developing my relationship with god and that's what's happened here am i a holy roller no am i perfect absolutely not but that's where it tells me it's about spiritual progress and not perfection. Um, I got this right away. It was suggested to me to humble myself, to just become one of many and to get into the center of the herd. Um, and that's what I did. I stopped sitting in the back of the room. I got there early, even if I couldn't take a service position with no time. And everybody started to look much nicer. Everybody, I didn't mind their smiles. I didn't mind their hugs. And now I have my best friends in these rooms. You know, from weddings to babies to funerals, you go through it all. And I don't have a, I don't differentiate from this life to that life. This isn't like the secret in my life. I don't yell it out at work or anything. If I can be of service to somebody else and break my anonymity, I do. And I really do have a life today beyond my wildest dreams because all I ever wanted was just to be thin and I never realized that that was just the tip I just didn't know about the peace and serenity that I would feel the struggle that inner struggle that just isn't there today and that is the direct result working these steps as outlined um so I sponsor a lot of women in this program. I took on some extra ones with the pandemic, even though I went back to work pretty quickly. And, you know, it's been amazing pe meeting people from all over the world. I've spoken in England, which I normally do. Anyway, when I go home, I was involved in a workshop in Canada. I mean, we've just been all over the place. I was in Oregon last weekend. And this is such a gift. 
such a gift. And, you know, this fellowship of individuals who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind have taken my hand and saved my life. And I've done many things that I haven't wanted to do here. I work the steps in order. They're in order for a reason. I've gone into grocery stores and I've had to, you know, make amends for eating too much food and, you know, out the bags, all the little snacks. And I tried to get out of it, but my sponsor wouldn't let me. And I didn't die. I will tell you that. I've even made an amends to an ex-boyfriend for just behaving very whiny and clingy. And I did that and I lived. I have I've repaired relationships with my family I grew up estranged from my mom because she was actually mentally ill but I was able to form not a a healthy relationship because she wasn't able to participate but I was able to find compassion in my heart to know that she was mentally ill and yes she did things that weren't fantastic that's okay but I, as I became an adult and as I worked through here, I was my anger, I was able to drop it. And when she died, unfortunately, two years ago, and I believe mainly of this disease, she was a size 26 and 50, you know, five feet two, and she died in squalor and had become a hoarder. And it was really, really horrible. And yet I know there, but for the grace of God, go I. You know, we just don't know. And then I had a really vile stepmother after that for many many years and I've been able to work very intensely six and seven and I've been able to drop the rock on that and I don't hate her anymore I feel sorry for her um and she too doesn't have an amazing life anymore from choices that she's made but I don't have to kill myself with food over these people and then other relationships in my life have definitely changed they definitely have but I've gotten You know, Maxine used to say to me, say what you mean, mean what you say, and don't be mean when you say it. And I never knew what that meant because in my family, we just aimed and killed. (laughs) Aim and fire, aim and fire. There was no, one of my sponsors said the other day, the pause is in God. You know, God is the pause, sorry. God is the pause. Let me get it the right way around. So today I do pause. I call one of you if I can feel myself, I'm gonna be an asshole to somebody. I saw something this morning in my emails that I didn't like. You know, I called and sorted it out. I don't, you know, it says, step 10, we continue to take personal inventory when these things crop up. I wish it said if, but it doesn't. It says when. And some days are great and other days aren't. And I never wake up and get out of bed and think, today I'm going to be an ass. But some days I just am because I'm still a human being. Um... I give a lot of service because I love it, number one, but also I cannot give back enough to Overeats Anonymous for the life I have today, the grace I have today, the friends I have, and that I'm not constantly wrestling. But I know if I start to tune it down a little bit, turn that volume down, if I become complacent, I know what will happen. You know, nobody ever comes back from relapse and tells me how fabulous it is. They don't come back in and say to me, Susan, I found Nirvana, take my hand, let's go. They come back in and we open our arms and we welcome them. I need newcomers. I need to work with others. I need all of you to be here. From the beginning of the book, the theme is to give this away. From the minute that Evie went to see Bill, 
And then Bill went to see Dr. Silkworth again, who didn't recognize him. And then through another woman, Henrietta Silverling, he met, you know, Dr. Bob. And then Alcoholics Anonymous number three. How amazing. And they knew it really, really worked. And each day that I come to meetings, which I've been going to a lot of them since March, I get to see the miracles of all of you. I can be in meetings two or three times a week now with my sister who's in England. That's amazing. That's such a great gift. My WhatsApp now is as full as my regular text. I had a tea date this morning with a new friend who I have in Ireland. How amazing is that? So if you are new, if you are struggling, I know I can't tell you, let me have done the pain for you and nothing used to make me more when people used to say that to me because my pain won't be identical to yours. It won't be, and we all have to, you know, everybody has their road, but just know that there's always a smiling face and a hand at the other end of the phone. There's always somebody who will take your call, who will guide you. It's always somebody who brings me back to God, you know, somebody who is much greater than me. You know, I've let people get to know me here, so when I call up and I'm all pissy pants over something, they'll let me go on for a couple of minutes, and then it's like, okay, let's talk about what's really going on. How was your meditation this morning? Have you chatted with God or what happened at work today? And all of a sudden it's like, okay, everything settles down. Nothing has to become a tsunami anymore. There, it ebbs and flows absolutely just like the tide does. But most days, believe it or not, I am pretty serene. Um, on a daily basis, you know, when I'm at home, I do still wear and measure my food. That's just what I need to do. I don't take a scale into restaurants. But when I'm at home, it just feels good for me. I pray and meditate daily. I say the first three steps before I get out of bed. I say the set-aside prayer to set aside everything I think I know, which is so much, for a new experience, for a new experience. And each day I get to have that. I don't have to keep living in the rearview mirror. And that's what I always did. I always looked in the rearview mirror of how you had wronged me. And today... I look at if I have wronged you and how can I make it right. And again, that is the result of working these steps. So I'm going to close there and thank you all so much for being here and I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you. Thank you.